welcome to the broadcast of Crosstown Church of Memphis. We are a church that is Christ-centered, diversity-driven, and community-committed. A church that's bringing people together, sharing God's message of hope, love, and service. We seek to love God, love people, and serve the city. We welcome you to our broadcast with Pastor Byron Fitzpatrick. So we are continuing a teaching series that we started last week, like I said, and it's called uh, The Good Work, um, a little extended, let the... Let the good work begin. And in this, we're uh, one part two today. The subtitle, if you're taking notes, is titled Make a Difference. And um, so just to preface this, um, I want you all to know that this teaching series is, is really focused on us as a church body, us as a church group. And, you know, I believe that if we open our hearts up and open our, our, our you know, allow ourselves to be, you know, um, sensitive to the spirit of God, that he would actually speak to us uh, in this particular series. So we're looking at this guy by the name of Nehemiah, uh, Old Testament, Old Testament, Nehemiah is one of the Old Testament books. And we're looking at this guy, Nehemiah, the book of Nehemiah. And one thing about it is that, you know, Nehemiah is just an everyday, ordinary guy. He wasn't anybody special, anybody big or whatever. He just, just was a regular, ordinary guy. And he allowed God to use him to do a good work. You know, our takeaway from this is that, you know, we have a father who is God. We have a father that specializes in using everyday, ordinary people like you and me. You know, we are, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, Nehemiah, he wasn't a priest. He wasn't a pastor. He wasn't a teacher. He wasn't a politician. He wasn't a leader. He wasn't a king or any. He wasn't anybody special. He was actually a cupbearer to the king of in Persia. And, um, you know, he would, you know, protect the king and, and, and by testing out the drinks and the foods and serving the drinks and making sure that nobody was trying to poison the king and so forth. So he, he's like, essentially, he was sacrificing himself to make sure that the king stayed safe all the time. But he was just a regular, ordinary guy. He, there was nothing special about him. But he allowed God to use him to do something special. He allowed God to use him to do something big to make a difference. And, you know, if I were to take if I was to take a poll today, you know, I want you everybody to think about yourselves here. If I was to take a poll today, I would guess that most of you would probably, you know, have something that bothers you uh, whenever you hear about it, whenever you see about it. So I want you all to think about certain things as I'm talking here. I, I would take I would I would guess that everybody has something that bothers you. You have something that, you know, gets on your nerve. It gets under your skin, you know, you know, and I'm not talking about something small something simple. I'm not talking about a pet peeve. I'm not talking about something that, you know, okay, okay, gets on my nerves or whatever. I'm talking about something that really gets you worked up. In other words, it hits a core in your spirit. It hits, it, it bothers you down to your soul. You know, even, even to a place where it can affect you physically and make your blood pressure just boil. You know, there are some things that we, we all have something that it just doesn't bother us on a surface level, but it bothers us deep down in the core. It's like it's a, it becomes a trigger to us. You know, maybe it's um, <clears throat> maybe it's something to do with injustices or maybe social issues or religious or political hypocrisy. Maybe it has something to do with, you know, uh, a certain demographic of people like, you know, our youth, our youth and our young people, our elderly or the poor, or the homeless or gender identification. Man, I was uh, I, I was working with Leadership Memphis this week, uh, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, and I learned something eye-opening when it comes to gender identification. I'm not going to talk about it today, right? I'm not going to talk about it here, but I I I, I was like highly educated, eye-opening here. Anyway, there there it might be something to deal with with issues uh, concerning education. You know, you have Margaret, like Marguerite's boss, you know, he, this dude, if you talk about education, the dude, you, you, you're going to have to, you know, struggle to get him to be quiet. 
because that's something that it, it's a burden of his. It's something that really bothers him. He's really passionate about it. You know, it may be healthcare, it may be finances, it may be housing or employment, or maybe battered women. You know, uh, child abuse, suicide, drug abuse. There's a there's a whole lot of things you know that we face and deal with in our world. But there are certain things that probably gets on and gets you know bothers you to the core. It gets down into your spirit, gets down into your soul, even affects you physically whenever you hear about it, whenever you talk about it or whatever. It's just something. We all have something. Most people have something that really bothers them to the point where it becomes a burden to them. It becomes a heavy weight to them. And I would imagine that some of you and probably all of you that are listening to me right now, you can probably identify something with yourself that has become a burden. Maybe it's been a burden for a long time, you know. Uh, uh, maybe maybe something that, that you've been, you know, dealing with or you identified a long time ago. You know, the burden that you bear, here's uh, something I want you all to know. The burden that you bear will oftentimes be the thing that pushed you into something meaningful outside of yourself. So say, for instance, if, you're, if your burden, if, if that thing is, 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 you know, housing, you know, it may push you into doing something concerning the issues uh, surrounding housing that gets on your nerve, that's becoming a, a burden to you. You know, it may, here's, here's something else too, uh, I, I want you to know. That thing, that's your burden, you know, it, that might push you into doing something more meaningful outside of yourself. It may lead you into ministry, you know, and when I say ministry, I don't necessarily mean the five-fold ministry, being in a pulpit or whatever like that, but I'm talking just your personal ministry or your ministry to your community or whatever. It, it may be the thing that leads you into your career. A lot of people take take a career path, you know, because of a burden that they have. You know, my my little sister, you know, she's a she's a doctor in psychology right now. And it has been psychology or mental wellness. So I say mental wellness has been a burden of hers for quite some time now. And it still is a burden to her. And it actually led her, pushed her into her career, her career path. You know, our uh, it may be community service. You know, it may be, you know, your mission in life or or an assignment from God. You know, maybe there's something that God wants you to do and and your burden is pushing you or God is pushing you into that particular area to do something about it. Amen. And here's something else. An assignment from God doesn't necessarily mean that it's a lifelong assignment. It could be a, a, a an assignment for a time. Amen. Uh, uh, and then once that assignment is completed, is done, then, hey, you move on to the next thing. But maybe there's something specific. Like here, we're talking about Nehemiah. Nehemiah got an assignment, basically, or his burden pushed him into taking on an assignment that God actually, uh, 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 that he actually allowed God to use him and to do it. It wasn't a lifelong thing, but it was a thing for a period of time. Here's something else. Um, in most cases, in most cases, whatever that burden is, uh, Whatever that thing is, you know, that 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 you're, you're you know, that gets that's bothering you, that thing that becomes your burden. You may you may not know that you're on the beginning of something great. You may have may not have an idea whatsoever, you know, is, is, is ahead of you. But, you know, right now there's something there's an issue. There's something that's going on right now. And it's, 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 it bothers you. It becomes a burden you of yours and you have no idea you know where this thing will actually lead to or or what's the possibilities that could come out of this thing you have no idea what the end result is going to be you have no idea that you're on the beginning of something great most people don't know that they're on the beginning of something great they just know this is this has become a burden of theirs all right here's an example i uh uh years ago you know I, when i stepped out into the ministry I was in this uh, church, a small inner city church in Des Moines, Iowa, called Morningstar Baptist Church. And in that church, you know, we were, me and Marguerite was very actively involved, doing a lot of things. And, and there were just things that, you know, in myself and in her, you know, we, we were just extremely active, actively involved in a church. And, and um, then at, at, at one point, you know, God had led us. We actually went to go visit another church. We had no intentions on leaving. We went to go visit another church and we both had an encounter with God. And what I what I realized is that God was telling us to go to this particular church. And in that and making a decision and, and trying to sort this out, I had no idea that I was on at, at, that we were actually at the beginning of something great, that we were at the beginning of something huge. We didn't know. 
And, and all we knew is that, you know, we were at a place of, you know, being fed up. We were at a place of being tired. We were at a place where we had these burdens on us. You know, I had no idea that we were at the beginning of, of, of being a part of one of the largest and most diverse churches in the entire state of Iowa. When we left that church, we went to a church. Morningstar was about 200 and some people at this church. And the church we went to was about 200 some people. It was a, it was a, it was a, a you know, a, a, a new church, you know, that was starting to grow and what have you. So the size wasn't the factor here because they was both about the same size. Mm -hmm. The major difference that, that we could see in this, one was majority black and one was majority white. That was just it. And God was telling us go from one to the other. Lena was, I had no clue. We was on the verge of, of being a part of one of the largest churches and one of the most diverse churches in the whole state of Iowa. All I knew was we was fed up. Uh, we were tired of doing church the way we were doing it. I felt like that we were just having church and we weren't really doing church. There's a difference between having church and doing church. You know, I didn't feel like we were doing anything that was making real change, real change in people's lives, real change in the community. I just felt like we were just, you know, having church and doing church, you know, not doing church, but just having church. You know, some of you can relate to me. You know, you probably know, know what I'm talking about here. Sometimes there's things in our lives and we feel like we're just in the motion. We're just doing this over and over again. Hey, it's good. It's, it's smooth or whatever, you know, but it's not really making a real change. It's not really being real impactful. You know what I'm saying? We might be enjoying it, but okay, but it ain't really doing nothing. Okay, I wanted to do something different. I wanted to make a difference. I did not want what I was doing just to be, you know, a good time. I wanted what I was doing to be impactful to my life. I wanted to be impactful to my family's life. I wanted to be impactful to my community. And so I wanted to do something different. So I followed what I believe uh, uh, God to be pushing us into this other church where, where we found favor. We, we, I felt that God was pushing us. And when we got there into this church, we experienced a whole lot of backlash. Remember I told you uh, last Sunday that when you decide to take a leap of faith, when you decide to step out, when you decide to follow God, and something that you know that God has put you, it comes with a price. You're going to feel rejected. You're going to feel lonely. You're going to get depressed. You're going to get discouraged. You know, people are going to talk about you. You know, people are going to uh, uh, turn their back on you. You know, you're going to feel like God has left you. You're going to go through some stuff. But then when you look back and you see the impact of, of the sacrifice that you made, or you see the impact of, of the commitment that you made to follow God, and you see how it impacted people's lives and you see how it impacted your community, then guess what? All of that stuff just, it's like the, the joy of seeing the impact overshadows all of the backlash that happened. And so when we left, it, we, we, we received a lot of backlash, but we got a lot of favor also. We had, you know, he gave, God gave me favor to become the leader, a leader in the children's ministry. He gave me favor to get a full-time job with full benefits, a full-time job with full benefits working in our church as the children's pastor. He gave me favor to pioneer a children's ministry network uh, uh, that organized children's camps with churches all over the state of Iowa, impacting the lives of hundreds of kids, maybe thousands. Uh, um, you know, he gave me favor to become the youth pastor and, and then become the president of a youth organization that, again, had, that had a network of churches all over the state. I actually went over into uh, Nebraska, uh, uh, you know, there was a church in Kansas. There was a church in Illinois, uh, and, and, and to three different states. You know uh, that this network went out, went over into. Um, we organized youth camps, uh, summer camps, winter camps, ski trips. We organized youth conferences, concerts, all kinds of things. And I was the president of this organization. Like, how in the world did this happen? You know, um, um, YMCA is is you know I was doing camps at one of the huge YMCA camps. In 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 uh in in Iowa, and they're asking me to they asked me to be on the board, be on the, the board of the YMCA, like for real, like why, man? You you, you got a lot of kids, <laughs> so that means you must have a lot of influence. You know, it gave me favor. I found favor in the midst of the. I had no idea what was before me. All I knew is I was fed up. All I knew is I was tired. 
All I knew is I had a burden on me that, that I just could not shake. I had to do something different. I, I just, I, I was just an ordinary everyday guy that was willing to let God use me. What was I doing? I didn't even have a, when, when I got the, when, when I left the church and in, in one church and went to the other church, uh, I was working at the state of Iowa, working in the, the uh, construction and engineering department. I used to go out and do surveying of new uh, construction, highway construction and stuff like that. Um, building of bridges and what have you, you know, working in a hard hat atmosphere, being dirty, testing concrete, all kinds of measuring in the woods and so they can pave out a new street or a new highway. You know, it wasn't no glamorous job. It, it wasn't, you know, it was, it was a decent job, but it wasn't glamorous at all. I came home dirty all the time. You know, I would have to work midnight shifts. I would work 7 p.m. to 7 a.m. sometimes. You know, sometimes I'm in the middle of the woods in farmland, you know, out, out in the land with cows and stuff like that, surveying. It wasn't no glamorous job at all. I was an ordinary everyday guy. And then when I when we moved, you know, I ended up losing my job. Ended up working at Sears in the in in the sporting goods department. And and I, I'm trying to figure out how am I going to, you know, I wasn't making enough money to take care of my family. What am I going to do? Just an ordinary everyday guy, nobody special at all. But I had a burden on me and I was willing to allow for God to use me. You might, you might be in that place where you're fed up. You might be in that place where you just feel like, man, I know my life was meant for something more. I, I want to do something that's real impactful. I want to do something that makes a difference. I don't want to just, you know, what I'm doing now is, is cool and everything, you know, but I, I really want to do something that makes a difference. Okay. And maybe, you know, there's something that's breaking your heart. Every time you hear it, every time you see it, it just gets on your nerve. It gets under your skin. It gets down to the core of your spirit. Amen. You know, your life was meant for something bigger. You know that it was meant for something more, something with more meaning, something with more purpose. You just might, you just might be on the front end of what God is setting up for you. You just might be at the beginning of what God is setting up for you. Remember, when we take a leap of faith, when we take a leap of faith, we will always fall before we begin to soar. When a bird jumps off, 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 off out of like an eagle bird or any type of bird jumps off and starts to fly, they always dip down first before they begin to soar. When you take a leap of faith, you're going to dip down first before you begin to soar. Okay? You, it just is. It just gonna happen you, you say uh, people who jumps off cliffs and they got these parachute suits they're they're gonna dip down first and then all of a sudden when that wind catches them they gone whatever it is know that we have a father that specializes in using ordinary everyday people just like you and me amen Kena. i saw you jump in here welcome 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 um so I want to talk about, you know, I told you last week how, you know, I answered three questions uh, um, that, I, that I'd like to do. And, and so often that is, you know, who is it talking to? What is it talking about? And how does this apply to us? And I, I was sharing with you how I believe this is applying to us and how it's directly applying to Crosstown Church. And I believe that God is, 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 is doing something right now. I believe God is doing something right now. And, and what I believe is I believe that this story with Nehemiah, that if we want, if we look at this, that we can find some encouragement in rebuilding Crosstown Church. Amen. I believe if we look at his story, we can find some encouragement on knowing that we're just regular, ordinary people. We're not anybody special. But if we're willing, if we're willing, God can use us to do something great. Amen. Amen. So. And of this, I believe, again, I said, I believe that this story, the story of Nehemiah applies to us in the way that we can find some encouragement in rebuilding Crosstown Church. So here's a quick history. So this lesson today, there's a lot of, there's some things that I'm repeating from last week, but I'm basically expounding on it a little bit more. So last week, I kind of gave you like a handful. This week, I'm going to give you like two or three handfuls. Okay. <laughs> Makes sense. So I know it might feel like a little bit of a review. 
but it's just taking it and unpacking it even a little bit more. All right. So here's the history of across town church. And that is we have uh, we're down four. 4.5 years old, four and, four and a half years old. Mm -hmm. We got up to a good start. We started at the Playhouse on the Square. We experienced a little bit of growth there. We experienced, you know, things were doing great. We were looking great, you know, feeling great. You know, uh, 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 from there, we got an opportunity to move in a larger space. We moved into a larger space, a full auditorium there. We experienced just a little bit more growth in our numbers and what have you. Things were looking good, feeling good. Then something began to happen. Then something began to happen, okay? Mid-19, uh, mid-2019, around August, September, probably in the summertime, getting into the summer, summer came in and, and then things began to adjust a little bit. Churches have a history of, as a couple of times throughout the year, where the giving in a church begins to take a dip. And the summertime is one of them. So, to see that happen in the summertime, no big deal, because that's that's just a trend. It, it happens almost every church experiences. OK, so in the summertime of 2019, we began to take a little dip in our finances. And, but then as we came out of the summer, going into the fall and then into the winter, it didn't come back up. It continued to slowly trickle down. And as we got closer to the end of the year, we got to a place that that largest place space that we was at at, at the Playhouse. We could no longer afford that. So January of 2020. We moved back to the cafe, which was where we had started. So still at the Playhouse, but in a smaller space so that we could reduce the amount of uh, outcome that we had going paying in our rent. Then when that happened, just a, what, a couple months later, the pandemic hit. So it was like, man, maybe God just put us set us back here because he knew that this was about to happen. But for whatever reason, you know, we our giving dropped off and, and we just had to make some changes. Then the pandemic hit. The pandemic hit. It affected all of us personally. It affected the church. We had to shut down church. Uh, the whole the whole world has shut down for like two weeks. You know, there was no movement in the whole world for two weeks. So, it, it, you know, we had to move church to online church. When we moved to online church, it affected our attendance. You know, we did the number of people that we had coming in person. The number that we was getting online began to drop down a little bit. So going online, we experienced some little growing pains there. Uh, but it also affected our giving. Our giving dropped off a little bit more. Uh, it was already on a slight downward spiral, but it just kept dipping a little bit more uh, because we wasn't in person. So, you know, it just affected us. OK, so we've been operating, you know, in this manner for two, three years now, you know, all, well, two and a half years. Two, the pandemic is about two and a half years now. Right. Yeah. Two and a half years now. In the, 2020, 21, 22. No, three and a half years. 2020. Yeah. Started. 2020. Oh, yeah. yeah started it's 2020. Been three and a half. 21, 22. No, it's two and a half years. Two and a half years. Okay. So anyway, um, so here we are now, and 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 things are changing. Things are, you know, I'm gonna say get back to normal, but some things are getting back to normal, but we've all adjusted and 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 life has adjusted, and here we are at this place now. So here we are having church once a month in person, but continuing to do them online. And we get an opportunity in June to move our church to Crosstown Concourse in person, have an in-person service, which was the plan from the very beginning. All right. This was the plan from the very beginning. So here we are. Now we have a church here at Crosstown uh, Concourse. You know, um, we got an opportunity now that we done got started. You know, there was another opportunity like, man, you know, hey, we can we can we need to jump on this and, and increase our in-person presence uh, because it's one. It, it, if we take advantage of this, it's a great benefit to us, more visual, have an, more opportunity to grow in, in, in different ways. But if we don't take it, somebody else going to get it. OK, so we move in. Uh, so now we're moving to twice a month. Uh, for the next two months and then November and December, we're going to go to weekly in-person church. All right. So here's the deal. I believe, I believe that God is telling us, listen to me carefully. I believe that God is telling us that he has not forgotten about the promises that he made to us back when we were still living in Des Moines, Iowa. Back in 2016, 2016, we're in 2022 now. Back in 2016 is when I discovered Crosstown Concourse and I put together a plan for Crosstown Church. Now, I put together a plan for Crosstown Church first. 
And then later on, I found out about Crosstown Concourse. And then the, the two just kind of merged together. Okay. Back in 2016 is when that happened. Here we are in 2022, guys. And we're having church in Crosstown Concourse, the thing that God promised back in 2016. I believe that God is telling us that he has not forgotten about the promises that he made to us. Mm -hmm. The plan was, was to move here and here we are doing this. You know, it, it's a time for us. This is a time for us. If we take advantage of this, it's a time for us to rebuild what we started. Mm -hmm. We've had some setbacks. The, the pandemic affected us. And there were some things that, that, that we did on our own, you know, that, that did not help. You know, so we have to own ours. There are some things that was beyond our control, but the reality is, 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 is development, the building and the moving forward cross down church began to, you know, move, have a downward movement. And then here we are today at a place where God's promises are still being realized, still being presented to us. And, and I believe we have to take advantage of this and we have to do what's necessary to rebuild, knowing that God's promises are still uh, in place. So it's time to let the good work begin. That's what I told you last week. That was the subtitle of our, la our, our message from last week. Today's message, again, is make a difference. All right. Mm -hmm. So with that being, here's the deal. Let the, work, let the good work begin. So how do we do this? How do we let the good work begin? Two things. Two things. I mean, there's there's some other things, mm -hmm. but, you know, we, we start with two and then we build from there. OK. <laughs> All right. Number one is we seek God for direction. We pray. We seek God for direction. And number two. No, so that's number one. Number two is this. We define the vision clearly. Seek God and define the vision. So I believe most of you have a heart for the vision. I believe that you have a heart for the vision of Crosstown Church. You know, the problem is that most people, most people that have a problem with the vision, and not and I'm not speaking specifically Crosstown Church vision right now, but I'm speaking in general when I say vision. Most people that have a problem with the vision of a church or organization or anything like that, they, 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 it's not that they have a problem with the vision. Because most people really understand the vision. Most people really buy into the vision or, or they believe in the vision. So I say they believe in the vision. The problem is they don't have clarity of the vision. And, and, and so we have to be intentional and in making sure that there is clarity in the, in the vision. All right. Nehemiah, he was just again, he was just an ordinary everyday guy, but he had clarity in his vision. He had clarity in what he wanted. He had clarity about what he wanted to accomplish, what he was trying to accomplish. When he went to God, he was very clear on what he wanted. And in Nehemiah chapter one and verse 11, chapter one and verse 11, he says this. He says, please grant me in his prayer to God. He says, please grant me success today, not tomorrow, not next week, <laughs> not next year. Not, Lord, whenever you deem necessary, God, see, however you see fit, God, he said, please grant me success today. Amen. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes we, we, you know, we, uh, there's a time to be very specific. And then there's also a time to step back, back and let God do what he's going to do. This was a time where Nehemiah needed to be very specific. I believe we're at a time where we need to be very specific. Amen. It says here, and again, Nehemiah verse one in chapter 11, he says, please grant me success today. How, how, how do you want uh, success today, Nehemiah? He says, by making the king favorable to me. He said, put it in his heart to be kind to me. Uh, okay. Okay, what does success look like to Nehemiah at this point as he's addressing God, as he's going to God, making his request? His success, his, his grant, the thing that he wanted from God, what looks like a success for him, defining his success is having favor with the king, putting it in his heart to have favor for him. That's what success is. God, that's, 
only thing I'm asking you from you right now, God, is favor from the king. Wow. That's all I want right now. I want favor from the king. You know, uh, uh, when he went to the, uh, uh, here's a, here's the deal. Um, and I might be getting ahead of my notes right here, but I'm going to go ahead and say this. Um, last week, I believe it was, uh, we were, I, I came in where we, I think we were downstairs in a building or something like that. But oh, I told you guys, I went to, you know, I, I had a, I presented to you guys a couple of weeks ago about the situation that we have right now and, you know, increasing the number of days of the space, renting the space uh, here at Crosstown Concourse, because the word is getting out and churches are trying to come in here and get that and buy up that space. And so it's like, man, we're, we, we, we're here. So if we don't jump on it now, somebody else is going to get it and we're going to be, we're going to be pushed out. We're not going to have it. Okay. So we got to, we got to strike while the iron is hot. In that, I went to Church Health because uh, it's their space that we're renting. I went to them and I said, hey, uh, uh, what days do you have? I want to get as many days as we can get for the rest of the year. What can we get? You know, what's available? And uh, so the lady that I've been working with, she been, she got back with me. We were going back and forth on some things. And she finally solidified some dates and told us these, these are the dates that you can have, you know, uh, uh, you know, through the remainder of the year, what have you. You know, we haven't even gotten into 2013 yet. So we just, we just 20, 20, what? 2023. 2023. Yeah. <laughs> 2023. She said, we haven't even gotten into 2023 yet. So we just, just, just going to the end of the year. She said, here are all the dates that you can have. And uh, I said, give them to me. I want them. Give them to me now. I want all of them. And she said, okay. So we, we got all of them, right? Marguerite was talking to her. Uh, last week sometime or last weekend or sometime and, and passing in the building or whatever, right? I'll, I'll let you tell us. So Margaret's okay. going to share this. So I was talking to the lady who Byron was, is talking about. And so actually how our conversation started was her, but then the person who's over her, who she had to ask also was there. So um, she said that um, the person said, whatever he wants, you give it to him. He gets whatever he wants. So then when, when I saw him, he came to us and started talking to us. And he said, yeah, by all means, um, whatever Byron wants. And he asked how things were going. And I told him, it looks like it's moving on. And he said, that's great. But he said, um, he gets whatever he wants. So I, I, I wanted to share this with you. I wanted Marguerite to share this with you all, because again, we really, really, really need to understand the position that we're in right now and letting the good work begin. God has not forgotten his promises that he made to us again back in 2016. And here we are today at a place where that promise, it, we're at the very beginning of that promise. Okay. And we've been praying for and asking for favor. And and there's been times where I've been wanting to like, you know, walk away from it. And I don't mean walk away from Crosstown Church, but walk away from Crosstown Conco Concourse. Mm -hmm. OK, and here God has positioned us at a place where we have favor. We have favor. And so I believe that we need to we need to continue to pray and ask God for favor. Right now, we have this space. And right now we've been given additional space for the remainder of the year. And we need to ask God to give us favor with those that have the means for helping us Amen. to continue to move forward so that we can rebuild. Nehemiah, when he prayed, he went on to pray so that he was very specific with God. He was very clear with God and what he asked for for God. Then in chapter number two, verse number five, he says this. He says, I replied. If it pleased the king, so he was talking to the king, or he was in, he's serving the king. And as he's serving the king, the king sees that he's upset. He sees his demeanor. He knows Nehemiah very well. Okay. He sees something is bothering him. You know how you can see some people and you know something is bothering them. You say, hey, what's wrong with you? And they'll be like, oh, nothing. I'm cool. I'm cool. <laughs> no, something wrong with you. What's wrong? Okay. King knew something was wrong with him. And the king said, what's wrong, Nehemiah? Nehemiah began to share with him the situation in, his, in, in, in Judah and in, in the city of Jerusalem, how the city is torn down. And he, the, some of the people had went back there to try to rebuild the city, but they don't have the means. They don't have the resources to rebuild. Amen. And so he says this. 
and he shares with the king and um, and the king asks him what's wrong with him. Nehemiah says, he says, if it please the king, pay attention to these words in, 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 in connection with Nehemiah's prayer. OK, pay attention to these words in connection with Nehemiah's prayer. He says, if it please the king and if you are pleased with me, your servant. Send me to Judah to rebuild the city where my ancestors are buried. King asked him, he said, well, how long is it going to take? And uh, uh, it doesn't say in the scripture how long he told him. He said, but he told him how long it's going to take. And it says the king and the queen looked at each other and said, go. Mm -hmm. And actually what they said, this is what they actually said in the scripture. He said, how can we help? Mm -hmm. Nehemiah, he goes to the king. He's very specific. He says, please. He said, if it please you, king, he said, if I've, I've, if I've been pleasing to you, he said, send me to Judah so I can help to rebuild the city where my ancestors are buried. The king and the queen looked at each other. OK, what can we do to help? What can we do to help? And, 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 and this is what Nehemiah did. Nehemiah said he was very clear on the vision, very clear in his re, his request. Clarity is, is all in this. And he says. He says, okay, cool. This is what I need. He said, I need a letter of passage because I got to pass through some countries to get back to Judah. He said, I need to make sure that my safety is secure. He said, so if you give me a letter as I'm passing through these other countries, I can show it, show it to them and they'll, they'll leave me alone and let me pass through safely. Okay. Uh, he said, I also need some, um, I need some, 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 some lumber. I need some lumber. I need some building materials because the wall is tore down. He says, that's the first thing we want to do is repair the wall. The wall around the city is tore down. The people are left vulnerable. They, they, they're unsafe right now. So let's start. I want to start with the wall. He says, so can you give me another letter to send to, uh, to, to take to some of the surrounding countries and the surrounding cities and, and see if they can make a donation, make a donation to a uh, building materials to help us to build the wall. The king said, OK, cool. He said, I'll give you the letter so you can get safe passes. He said, I'll give you a letter. So and asking these other countries to donate some lumber and material to you. And he said, not only that, he said, I'm going to send some soldiers with you to keep you safe. And they're going to help you to help 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 you to rebuild that wall. What did he get? He got favor, favor. Guys, we have favor right here in our laptop, right here at our fingertips. We have so much favor that God is showing to us. Not only God showing to us, people, people are showing us favor. Margaret told you, he said, give him whatever he wants. Favor. Amen. Amen. So here's what we need. I told you, let the good work begin. Miles, I saw you jump in here. I saw somebody else jump in here too. I can't remember who that was, but uh, uh, Deanna, Deanna uh, and, and Jerome, I saw y'all jump in here too. Welcome, welcome, welcome. So here's the deal. Let the good work begin. God has not forgotten the promises that he made to us concerning Crosstown Church. Right now, we're sitting in a place where those promises are being revealed. Those promises are not being revealed. They're being realized. They're happening. God is showing us that he hasn't forgotten about the promises, okay? So um, what's our vision for rebuilding Crosstown Church? What's our vision for rebuilding Crosstown Church? I told you last week that there are three things that I'm asking everyone to commit to. I'm asking everyone to commit to prayer. I, I believe we, we need to pray. We need to be very specific in our prayers to God and asking him for what it is that we desire and what we need. I think we need to uh, also in our prayers, we need to ask God for forgiveness. Amen. When Nehemiah prayed to God, he asked for prayers. He asked God to forgive him of his sins and he asked God to forgive him of his family's sins. Mm -hmm. The reason that uh, uh, Israel, uh, the reason that the nation of Israel was in exile is because of some of that had to do with their own disobedience to God. There were things that they should have been doing or should not have been doing that they were doing. They left themselves vulnerable. The Babylonians came in, defeated them, took them into captivity. They was in exile. Uh, 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 tore the city up, burned the city, tore down the wall. The city of Jerusalem is left in ruins. So they were in this situation uh, 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 partly because of their own doing, but there were things also that they didn't have anything to do with. Here they are. So Nehemiah prayed and asked God to forgive him of his sins and forgive his family, forgive the nation of Israel for their sins. 
All right. I believe we need to in our prayers in asking God what we want. I th also think we need to ask God for forgiveness because we're in our the situation that we're in. You know, we had a, a, a downward uh, 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 ink decline uh, at, from where we used to be. Some of it has something to do with us. Some of it was out of our control. The pandemic was out of our control. So for us giving and supporting financially, when we had to, when we had to move from the uh, auditorium at the playhouse to back to the cafe, that was our doing. We got to own that one. Okay. So here's the deal: we need to pray. Number one, ask God to forgive us, and number two, be very specific in what it is that we want from God. We're going to detail that not today, but I'm going to detail our prayers. Okay. Number two, I'm asking everybody to commit to volunteering. And number three, I'm asking everybody to commit to giving. So there's three things. This is our vision. This is clarity on our vision for rebuilding Crosstown Church. Pray, volunteer, and give. These are the three things I'm asking everybody to do, okay? We need to ask God to forgive us, like I told you before, and we need to ask God for favor. Marguerite just showed you. She just shared with you about the guy who make this final decision on the spaces that we're renting, the space that we're renting here. He said, give him what he wants. We have favor. We want to pray for more favor. Amen. Mm -hmm. I ain't going to start with that. We're going to pray for <laughs> more favor. All right. <laughs> all right. Number two, volunteer. So talking about volunteering, we need to volunteer to do the work that is necessary. Our volunteers for the most part have been, and I'm just going to be blunt with you guys. Okay. Our volunteers for the most part have been, you know, lending a hand volunteers. We got a, we got a, a couple of volunteers. We got a few volunteers that's been real faithful and, 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 and sticking there and doing what they supposed to do or whatever. But then for the most part, our volunteerism has been lend a hand. Um, we need to change that. We, we, we need to change that to being very committed. We need committed volunteers to do the work and to do it well. We need committed volunteers to be there when they're supposed to be there and to do the work when the work is necessary to be done. All right. Not just show up when it's handy or when it's when it's convenient. But we need people to really commit to those things. In our last series, last series I did called Small Things. One of the lessons I did was do your best was the title of that lesson. And in that I talked about how it's doing your best is a small thing, but it goes a long way. We, you know, there's a statement that I, a, a quote that I, a, a saying that I shared with you guys once a work has just begun, never leave it till it's done. Be a large, be a small, do it well or not at all. God desires, God is, you find God finds honor in people, or should I say, He honors people who are committed to what they do. I, I find myself, if, if I can't, if I can't commit to it, I'm, I'm not going to commit to it. If I can't commit to doing a good job, I'm not going to commit to it. So I'm asking people, to look at, examine yourself when it, and when it comes to the volunteer areas that we need at Crosstown Church and make a commitment to do something and to do it well and to do it right. Amen. To do your best at it. Amen. Here are some areas that we have right now when it comes to our volunteerism. I might remove all my notes. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, here's the things we need right now when it comes to our volunteerism. We need greeters. We need set up and tear down people. We need people help with our worship team. And we need audio visual support, running the slides and running the music and stuff like that. We need help uh, our community groups and also we're promoting the church. In this, we need committed volunteers. 100% committed volunteers. Not lend me a hand volunteers, but committed volunteers. In the future, in the very near future, uh, we're going to, 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 we had started at one time working on our children's ministry. We kind of played with it a little bit. We didn't, we, 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 you know, we didn't give it all, our all on that, but in the near future, children's ministry, children and youth ministry, programming events and outreach and community. Okay. We had a lady contact me. Um, I'm almost done guys. We had a lady contact me, her and her family relocating here to Memphis. And, um, she contacted me on Instagram. And she was like everything. She went to the website and she was on the, the church Instagram and everything, church Facebook. And it was like, this is like the place for her. She was like, oh, my gosh. Yes, this I'm in. I'm in. And she asked us if we had, you know, something for kids. She got two little kids. I think they're like preschool age, I believe. Um, but she was saying, you know, her husband is not here yet. But, um, you know, uh, so she has the two little kids. And evidently she comes from a church where she could easily drop them off and she can go get what she need in church. 
get her word or volunteer whatever she did you know well i told her we you know we didn't we did we you know we're just moving here to crosstown concourse and so we're kind of rebuilding and so our children's ministry we don't have anything right now for the kids and so she was like okay well i'll just wait till my husband moves here and then once he moves here he can help me with the kids and we'll we'll come check you guys out we need to make sure we need to make sure that that won't happen when people come to us. So in our near future, we got to work on these things. We got to work on our children and youth. We got to work on programming and events mm -hmm. and outreach to our community and so forth. We need committed. So that's number two. Number one, prayer. Number two is uh, volunteerism. The third thing is this, is I, like I said, is giving. We need committed givers. We had a few faithful committed givers in the very beginning of the church um, that has dropped off. It, it, it started dropping off. Okay. Um, uh, Marguerite, well, I'm not even going to get into that, but our giving, it must increase if we're going to sustain the space that we have here at Crosstown Concourse. It just has to. Other words, we're going to find ourselves making a move like we did at the Playhouse, going to a, a larger space not capitalizing on that and then having to go back to a smaller space. Mm -hmm. uh, if we want to continue to rebuild, we, we need uh, uh, giving support from all of our members. We need committed uh, support. If not, we're going to end up, you know, back in the same place again. And this is what I'm asking you to do when it comes to giving is I'm asking you to give what's in your heart. Nothing more, nothing less. Give what's in your heart and give what's in your ability to give. The book, uh, Second Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 7, it says, You must each decide in your own heart how much to give. And do not give reluctantly and, and, and do not give in response to pressure. So I want you all to know that I am not pressuring you. If I am, if you feel like I'm pressuring you, forgive me for that. I, I, I have no intentions whatsoever to pressure you into giving. I'm asking people to be committed to giving and to giving whatever is in your heart, whatever you decide to give in your heart and within your ability to give and that you will give. The Bible, it also says here in the scripture, it says, remember that God loves a cheerful giver. So however you give, whatever you decide, give cheerfully. Don't give reluctantly. Don't give out of pressure, but give what's in your heart. That's all I'm asking. Nothing more, nothing less. Last thing here, I'm ending with this. Again, I believe that God is showing us that he has not forgotten about the promises that he made to us. Amen. When we started the church, I shared this with you guys uh, about a month, a couple, over the next last few months, I've shared this with you guys about a CDC, a Community <clears throat> Development Corporation, that we're starting that uh, starting here at Crosstown Church, and that is serve the city. And um, this, you know, uh, is a third the third part of our vision. The vision of Crosstown Church is love God. Well, the short version of it. There's an extended version, but the short version is love God, love people, serve the city. We've been doing things to love God. We've been doing things to love people, but we really haven't been doing much to serve the city. And so, this community development corporation, uh, God put it on my heart. I bought it. I bought it at the very beginning of, of the establishment of, of Crosstown Church. I didn't know what we were going to do with it, but I just felt in my heart that we need to go ahead and purchase this now. Mm -hmm. And so we we purchased uh, the, 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 the I don't know what you call it, but the rights to it or whatever, uh, a community development corporation. We, we, we went ahead and paid for all of the, the administrative and the attorney uh, support for it. So, I, in, in, so that was in 2018. I think it was 17, yeah, 2017, 2018 or something like that. I paid up front for the attorney support. I paid up front for the administrative support. I paid up front for, uh, uh, um, you know, a lot of stuff for this thing. Okay. And uh, this was before we even had our first Bible study. Before we even had our first Bible study, I already paid. So right now I call them up, I emailed them and say, hey, we need to do this. And this is what I did, God put on my heart. It's time to go ahead and activate, you know, this, this uh, CDC. So I called them up, I, I, I emailed them. I said, hey, I'm ready to activate this thing. And I've been moving forward with them since I think March or April or something like that. I've been working with them. I ain't paid, well, I had to pay the state. We had to pay the state and, and, and uh, uh, for, we had to pay several fees to the state 
but everything else i didn't have to pay no attorney fees i didn't have to pay no no administrative support because it's already paid for so here we are activating us uh, uh, serve the city <clears throat> last week i'm happy to announce last week all of the paperwork we received all of the approval from the state of tennessee to move forward Okay, so for the last couple months, I've been filing paperwork, working with Star Church to get all this stuff done, get all the paperwork in order with the IRS and all this stuff like that. Okay, all the legal stuff, getting all this stuff squared away. So last week, I received uh, that everything has been approved by the state of Tennessee to move forward. So I have scheduled with, with Star Church to move forward with stage two or phase two in the development of, of, of uh, Serve the City. So we're going to work with uh, at the end of September, we have a meeting scheduled, but I have some things that I have to prepare for that meeting with them. This is some things that we're going to do. They're going to help me. They're going to assist me with fine tuning our vision, our purpose, our goal, our works that we're going to do. They're going to help me with all aspects of the business, the business side, the legal side of things so that we're in compliance with the laws and with the state of Tennessee. They're going to help me to define our community projects. They're going to help me in building a three-year budget for Service City and along with some other stuff. So when it comes to the, 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 the business structure and the legal structure and the work structure and all this stuff like that, the financial structure. So we're going to be working over the next month, over the month of September. And then at the end of September, we have a meeting schedule where we're going to be fine-tuning all of that stuff. Okay. So that we can move forward with this, uh, with Serve the City. This is again, this is the third part of our vision. Love God, love people and serve the city. Amen. Again, I believe that God is telling us that he has not forgotten about the promises that he made to us. I believe we're on the front end of something huge, something amazing, something bigger. Amen. I believe that we have no idea what God wants to do. There is a saying, if you build it, they will come. It's time to rebuild Crosstown Church of Memphis. Amen. It's up to us to activate ourselves and to do the work. Chapter 2, verse 20 of Nehemiah. When Nehemiah went to the people in Israel, to, to the officials, he told them about the favor about the favor from uh, uh, the king in Persia. How uh, He sent him there. He got getting supplies and all kinds of stuff. They got a plan <coughs> to rebuild the wall. They got excited. And they said, let the good work begin. Let the good work be begin. And Nehemiah replied to them. He said, the God of heaven will help us succeed. If we do the work, God will help us succeed. Amen. If this message was a blessing to you and you would like to support this ministry in a financial way, you can donate electronically by texting to 84321 and enter the dollar amount you'd like to donate in the message area. Or you can mail a check or money order to Crosstown Church of Memphis, P.O. Box 40981, Memphis, Tennessee 38104. We invite you to visit our website at www.wearecrosstown.com for more information about our church. Join us for our next broadcast next Sunday at 10 a.m. Be blessed and be better.